Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marshall. Life is but a day, a fragile dewdrop on its perilous way down from the summit of a tree. Yes, it's possible. In the grand and inexplicable scheme of things, in the endless registry of eternity, life may be but a day, or an hour, or even a moment. Ah, but what a day, what an hour, what a moment some of us make of it. But Eleanor... If you divorce him, you won't get any of his money. That's true, dearest. That's why I won't divorce him. Well, if you don't divorce him, how can you marry me? That's no problem. Well, you can't marry me if you're his wife. But I can if I'm his widow. Eleanor, you want us to wait till he dies? That could take years. You keep edging away from it. But you know what I'm talking about. You do. Don't you? Our mystery drama, Let George Do It, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Russell Horton. I'll be back shortly with Act One. And does this matter... Perhaps this is the answer. Life has become too complicated. Our lives, which were intended to be quite simple, are now being run by incredibly complex machines, and we are absolutely at their mercy. Perry Foster is driving through one of those small, picturesque villages in New England. The traffic light on the main street has turned red. Perry has stopped. He waits, rather impatiently, After an eternity, which has really lasted only 30 seconds, the light turns green. Harry steps on his accelerator. But nothing happens. He feeds it gas. But it doesn't move. It will not move. Now what? Harry is ready, as the saying is, to blow a gasket. Or is that what already happened to his engine? Damn. If it isn't one thing, it's another. up on that pipe, Damon. She ain't about to go where she really don't want to go. Uh, are, are you the mechanic here? My, my car won't move. What you say? I said well, my hold car... on, hold on. There ain't no point saying it again. I won't hear you this time neither. Damon, let's have a mighty quiet around here for a bit. I said my... Uh, I, I said my car won't go. If, if you look out your door, you can see it's just down the street. Where? Ain't you fortunate she did that to you just a block away from a garage? Oh, yeah, I'm really fortunate. Uh, what seems to be the trouble? Well, if I knew, I wouldn't be here, would I? Sir, I don't have a minute to lose. I, I have to get it fixed. I'm late for an appointment. Now, you have to help me. You ain't uh, about to help yourself, letting your blood pressure shoot sky high. I simply have to be on my way. Well, we'll have a look. What else can we do? 
see the culprit. Um, is it a big problem? No. Will it take long to fix? No. Expensive? No. Oh, well, that's a relief. Uh, what is it? You see, she broke on you. What broke on me? Your accelerator cable clip. Oh. Just a little metal thingamajig ain't hardly the size of a dime. But you can fix it. She attaches here to your carburetor. <laughs> That's life, ain't it? Just what's funny. Well, big, expensive car you got there. And yet this here small, tiny little thing can't cost no more than 15, 20 cents. Without her, the whole shooting match is dead. Uh-huh. Well, then you can uh, get me out of here right away. Oh, sure. Oh, that's great. That is. Yes, that, that is what? That there's a problem? Well, no, I didn't say there was necessarily going to be a problem. But there could be, right? What is it? You see, in this here particular situation, why don't we just take the advice of the Bard of Avon? Who? Old Will Shakespeare. What can Shakespeare have to do with a broken... Remember? Cu- he said, neither a lender nor a borrower be. Just what are you talking about? Worry. Just plain worry. I ain't going to lend it to you, and don't you try to borrow it from me. So let us just wait and see what happens. Nope. Nope. Mm. Ain't in here. What does that mean? Well, I guess it means I don't have done. How could you not have oh, a... you'd be surprised. It's just something you so seldom get a call for, you just fail to order them. But what am I going to do? Well, Joe Scott just might have one. Be inclined to doubt it, though. It's just something you never think about until you... Hello, Scotty? S- Scotty! He's deaf as an owl. I always say to him, why don't you wear one of them hearing aids? And you know what he answers? If I do that, folks will know I'm deaf. Now, don't that be Would you those. please find out if he has what you need? Uh, Scotty, it's Pop Crosby. Uh, fine. Uh, you going to the meeting tonight? Would you please ask listen, him if... Listen, you, you wouldn't happen to have one of them small, tiny little accelerator cable clips? No, I don't want to sell you one. I want to know, do you have one? An accelerator cable clip. Hey, yeah. yeah. She hooks onto the carburetor. You don't. I thought you wouldn't. Well, see you tonight, Scotty. Oh, boy, oh, boy. What are we going to do now? Vanity of vanities, says the Bible. And he's the vainest man I ever did meet. Just won't wear a hearing aid. Mister, what are you going to do about that part? Oh, oh, well, keep trying, I guess. You know what says, if at first you don't succeed. (laughs) Well, Everett, you want to look and see? Does he have one? That's what we're about to find out. What do we do if he doesn't? Now, there you go, borrowing trouble again. Are you telling me that nobody around here has a... Oh, you you do, Everett. Hey, up. (laughs) <laughs> you was my last hope. Hey, uh, hold on. 
be uh, send it down with the son Donald, but it'll cost you an hour's time. Oh, that's all right. I don't care. Plus the gasoline. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, Everett, that'll be fine. You give my regards to Selena now. Uh, right, Everett. <laughs> yeah, bye. Hey, that Everett, he believes in being prepared. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, Donald, or whatever his name is, has to take an hour to get here. Oh, no, you're paying for the round trip. Oh, that's even better. That means we can expect him in 30 minutes. No, he ain't going to be here till after dinner. D- dinner? But it's not even 12 o'clock. Well, that's when most folks around here eat dinner. When? When will he be here? By the time he's through eating and has nap. What? He'll surely be here before supper. Look, mister, I have an appointment. Well, at... there ain't much you can do about it, is there? Oh. Now, we got nice little town here. Fine stores and all. Why don't you go to Eleanor's dress shop? Well, actually, it's more like one of them uh, uh, boutiques. The summer people say it's as good as anything in New York or Boston. Even Paris. You mean I'll have to kill the better part of an afternoon in this place? Oh, you should go to Eleanor's and buy a little gift. It'll help sort of ease that trouble you're having with your wife. Hey. Hey, where do you get off saying I got trouble with my wife? To a certain extent, it's true, ain't it? You show me a man that travels, and I'll show you a man that's more or less in Dutch with his better half. Is there any chance we can get him here sooner? Eh? He's going to get here when he gets here. Not one split second sooner or later. Hello. May I help you? Or would you care to browse? Uh, I'm looking for a gift for my wife. What do you have in mind? I don't know. I see. What is it you see? Nothing. I don't believe that. You don't? Why not? Oh, because I was looking into your eyes. Were you? They had a very knowing look. Why were you looking into my eyes? Because they're very... Pretty? Yes. (laughs) Also, uh, quite unusual. In what way? A mysterious way. What do you mean by mysterious? (laughs) If I knew, it wouldn't be mysterious. We've come full circle, haven't we? Mm. Uh, let's uh, get back to that knowing look. You you said you saw something. What was it? I'm not sure I should tell you. Why not? One should never engage in a serious discussion with a stranger. Well, how about a friend? Only if the friend is of a forgiving nature. <laughs> let's become friends. Uh, my name is Perry Foster. Your name is Eleanor Rawlings. It says so on the window. Perry? And Eleanor. We don't move that rapidly up here in New England. No? Then I shall adjust my pace to yours. (laughs) What are you doing in this place, Mr. Foster? How about Perry? Up here, we don't usually get around to first names till after the first year. (laughs) Can you actually be the descendants of the folks who invented bumping? (laughs) Now, that's rather a long story. I have a rather long afternoon. Why don't you, uh... Close the place. I'll take you to lunch. You'd only grow tired of me after a while. All I suggested was lunch. That isn't true. You know it. How serious this has become. Any time a married man proposes an activity of any sort to a woman, not his wife, 
there's a possibility for things to become serious. Well... Wasn't your invitation to lunch truly a testing of the waters? <laughs> Why should I even bother to deny it? But what made you say I'd grow tired of you? Oh, I judge you to be a man who tires easily as far as women are concerned. Probably because you can get them so easily. Well, you are quite attractive. Oh, thank you. But you still haven't told me how you know I've grown tired of my wife. Oh, you told me that yourself. I did? As soon as you walked in. You said you wanted a gift for your wife. I asked, what did you have in mind? And you said you didn't know. And you said, I see. That's what I saw. A man who is actively in love with his wife, who is still excited by her, knows what to buy her. He's aware of her needs. He anticipates her desires. He takes time to prepare, to plan, to create just the proper present. The purchases are part of a ritual of love, not some accidental circumstance. I must say, you know how to flatter a customer's ego. <laughs> so you plan to use me as a surrogate to take advantage of my taste, my discrimination. Well, they're for sale, aren't they? <laughs> Of course. Why don't we discuss it further at lunch? I said you'd grow tired of me. I'm just passing through. My car is laid up for repairs down the street. You're telling me that once your car is fixed, you'll drive away from here forever. Hmm. You do have a way of putting things, but of course that's what it amounts to. Well, then of course there's my reputation to consider. <laughs> Look, all we're doing is having lunch. If it ended with lunch, my reputation would still be intact. But you have other plans for me, don't you? You know, you can start with a tiny crumb and parlay it into a banquet. <laughs> Perhaps I have other plans for you. Oh, what are your plans? Perhaps they more or less coincide with yours. You're a very strange woman. Of course. Don't I have mysterious eyes? Huh. Where's the best place to eat in this town? Why don't we lunch here? Here? Why not? Well, why not? Let me lock the door. Oh. And put up the sign. Oh. And this is where we must drop the curtain for Act One. Happenstance, circumstance, fate. What do you want to call it? Here a man is driving through a sleepy little New England village, and out of the clear blue he blunders into an adventure. But what sort of adventure shall this turn out to be? This will become the affair of Act Two. Did I say affair? It may have been a Freudian slip. the great writers of fiction will tell you where the action is, the true action, not just the sound and the fury, but the real struggles within the heart and the mind and the soul. Look for them in the quiet places, in the peaceful retreats, where all is apparently still and serene, far from the madding throng. Well, hello there. 
Is uh, my car ready to go? Oh, she's been done waiting a good hour or more. Here's your bill. All right. Hey, I see you bought your wife a little gift at Eleanor's. <laughs> Told you she runs a real fine shop. Uh, here's my credit card. Ah, hey, thank you. Perry Foster. All right. I, uh, I don't know what you bought at Eleanor's, but it's better than anything you might pick up in New York or Boston. <laughs> uh, let's see, you, you want to sign this right here? Mm-hmm. Hey, that should do it. Hey, yeah, uh, fine-looking figure of a woman, that Eleanor. Pity she's married to old Sid Rawlings. Oh, she's married? Yeah. Oh, she didn't tell me. No. Why should she tell you? I, uh, no particular reason. I mean, um, she doesn't look like a married woman. You know, Sid's old enough to be her father. Maybe her grandfather. Huh? Oh, why did she marry him? Oh, I just suppose. Money. Money? Why not? It's as good a reason for marrying as love. Maybe even better. Except, uh, poor Eleanor. She never did get her money's worth. In what way? Oh, in every way. A year or two after the wedding, Sid lost practically every dollar. How? Oh, he... Sid was smart enough when he was young, but when he grew old, he became a fool. It happens. He wanted a young girl, which started him off. Then he took to play in the stock market, which finished him. Eh. Here's your card back. Drop in. See us again. Well, good morning. Coffee? Uh, yes, dear. What time did you get in last night? Oh, after midnight. Where were you? Oh, I had to call on the Acme Company. Jerry McKee phoned in the afternoon. He wondered what had become of you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that must have been before I called him. I broke down in this little town, had to wait to get the car fixed. Okay. What does that mean? It means okay. Oh, uh, here. This is for you. For me? Now, what do you suppose it is? You could open it and find out. Oh, I suppose I could. Well? It's beautiful. (laughs) I, uh, I thought you'd like it. Well, what's the occasion? It isn't Christmas or my birthday or... Our anniversary? Well, it isn't any occasion. I just saw something nice, that's all. Mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking. If you want to make up for something, at least pick it out yourself. Now what? A thing like this. It's beyond you, Perry. You simply have no concept of style and color. She was a very capable sales girl, wasn't she? Oh, Jenny. You said to her... Pick out something expensive you think my wife would like, right? Oh, boy. If you want to buy me a blouse, let it be ill-fitting and ugly. At least it would express your own taste. Jenny, all I want to know is just one thing. How do I win? You're not supposed to win. You're not supposed to lose. You just don't play games. That's all.
Howdy. You seem to like our part of the country. Um, I noticed last time that there's a very nice scarf to go with the blouse I bought for my wife. Yeah. But uh, Eleanor's shop seems to be closed. Is it? Yes. Any reason? If she's closed, she's closed. She's a highly independent woman. If she don't feel like opening up, she stays home. Oh, it's too bad. I, I came all this way. Did you? Yes, I, I really would like to buy my wife that scarf. Well, why don't you try Eleanor at home? Oh, I don't think I should. Well, you know Eleanor. Very highly obliging sort of woman. Would you happen to have her address? You follow the road out of town up to the top of the hill. Uh-huh. First right. It's the White House. Okay, okay. Uh, thank you. Yes. Oh, uh, are, are you Mr. Rawlings? Oh, yes, uh, I'm Sid Rawlings. I, I hate to bother you and, uh, uh Mrs. Rawlings, um... Uh, yes. Uh, what about... Oh, I'm a customer of Mrs. Rawlings, and I was driving through town. I, I don't know when I'll be this way again. I, I'd hope to pick up a scarf, and the store is closed. Oh, yeah. I, I was wondering, perhaps, if Mrs. Rawlings might, um, uh, be able to help me out. Well, she would. Uh, she was home. Oh. She's, a. Uh... Off on a on a buying trip. Oh, oh, that uh, that's too bad. No, 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 no. That's where she went last time. Anyhow, she just isn't here. Should I tell her you stopped by, Mister? Uh, oh, it's it's uh, it's not important. It it really isn't important at all. Well, uh, sorry, I can't help out. No, no, it's all right. It's um, it's just fine. Terry. Yes? I'd like to talk to you. You've got the floor. Do you suppose you could put down the paper? What is it? I'm sorry about the blouse. I had no right to put you down for it the way I did. No, it's all right. No, it isn't. It's just that I have this crazy idea. What crazy idea? You're being unfaithful to me. Oh, maybe it's just because we seem to quarrel so much lately. Oh, Jenny. I feel uh... that you're either having an affair or... Or what? Or toying with the idea of having one. Perry, just remember, we love each other. We have 15 years together. We have the children, this home. Are you tired of it? Harry, what's the matter? The, nothing's the matter. I know it's a grind. I know you work hard. Why, you come up with things out of a clear blue sky. Well, I read a great deal. The kids are away at school. You're always traveling. Honey, my job requires me to travel. I'm just stating the facts. So I have time on my hands. Most men I read lead lives of quiet desperation. Are you doing that, Perry? No, I am not doing that. I, uh, I'll get it. Why don't you let it ring? What? 
Is there a law that says you have to answer a phone just because it's ringing? It might be important. Could it be more important than what we're doing right now? What are we doing right now that's so important? Oh, I... I'm sorry. Let it go. Jenny, Jenny, I understand. I understand. It's, it's, I've been trained. It's, it's the way we are. When a phone rings... Like we... Pavlov's dog. But just let me get rid of this, huh? Hello. Hello. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Heard you drop by to see me today. Yes, I did. Sorry I wasn't in town. I will be tomorrow. I'd love to see you. Yes, I'll, um... I'll try to get up around that way. As a matter of fact, I think it could be arranged. It might be fun. Yes, and I'll bring those catalogs. Goodbye, darling. Yes, um, good night. Uh, that was a customer. Was it? Well, who else would it be? Oh, Perry. I, I'd better turn in. I, I have to make a long trip tomorrow. <laughs> I missed you. I wonder. You don't believe me? How many times have I driven through this town? I don't know. I've lost count. It's on my way to Canada. It's the shortcut out to the throughway. And I've driven up this main street. I've always stopped for the light. Your shop is on the corner. Did you ever see me? Did I? Possibly. I might have looked into the window while I was waiting for the light to change. I might have seen you without even knowing it. And I may have seen you, too. So, how long have we been aware of each other? And then, uh, a little piece of metal, not much bigger than a dime, which costs less than a quarter, breaks, cracks, snaps, who knows, and so we meet. See? It was destined. Uh, I love you, Eleanor. Do you? Yes. Are you sure you're not just bored with your wife? It doesn't matter. It does to me. I love you, Eleanor. You also loved your wife. Oh, not the way I love you. How do you know? You fell in love with her, what, 15 years ago? You may have forgotten what it was like. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a favorite expression of yours. But it does matter. You're tired of her. You'll grow tired of me. Eleanor, I want to marry you. You'll divorce her and marry me? Yes. And then what will you do for a living? What I'm doing now. Which means I will have to sit at home and wait for you, just as she does. But selling is the only thing I know how to do. Why bother? You'll neglect me. I'll start to nag you. And one day you'll drive through another town, see another lady. Oh, come on. That won't happen. It's happened already. Eleanor, when you came along, it was... No, no, no. I didn't just come along. You were looking for me. And I was looking for you. But this time, it has to be different. It will be. Only if we make sure of it. We will, I promise you. Not if you have to work for a living. But... But I have to. No, you don't. Well, how else could I support us? You don't have any money. I married a rich man. Well, if you divorce him, you won't get any money from him. That's right. Besides, I understand he lost his money anyhow. Yes, he did. He lost everything. All he has left is one life insurance policy. Well, what good is that? It's 
for a quarter of a million dollars. A quarter of a million? Mm-hmm. And I am the beneficiary. But you won't be if you divorce him. Who says I'm going to divorce him? How can you marry me if you don't? I can marry you without any problem at all. If I become a widow. You mean we'll have to wait for him to die? You keep edging away from it, don't you, Perry? But I, I don't understand. You do. You just don't want to admit it. You can't accept it at this point. But you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Don't you? If you're one of the old-timers around here, you really aren't too surprised. Actually, you've probably been expecting something like this. Well, the problem has just been posed. It's out in the open. And all of its implications will be squarely faced when we return with Act Three. Mr. Matthew Arnold claimed that with women, it's the heart that argues, not the mind. I must respectfully disagree. Differences of opinion that originate in the mind can speedily be resolved amicably. But the conflicts that are of the heart must continue until one party or the other has conquered completely. And men are no strangers to this type of dispute. What are you saying, Eleanor? I'm saying that I must become a widow. But... Let's use the most elementary reasoning, Perry. I cannot become a widow as long as Sid is alive. Since he will not oblige us by dying in the near future, we have to arrange this thing for ourselves. You're talking about murder. Can you suggest another alternative? But... Eleanor, murder... Did you ever kill anyone? Uh... No. Are you sure? Oh, well, I was in the war. You never really saw the enemy. You just fired in the woods or across the field. But you could have killed someone. Yes. Someone you never saw, never knew, who had never done any harm to you personally. I, I don't even want to think about it. You didn't get anything out of and it. And I don't want to talk about it either. I think it's time you went home, Perry. Eleanor. We really don't have anything more to say to each other, do we? I, I can't do it. If you can't, you can't. Goodbye, Perry. Would you like some lunch? I'm, I'm not hungry. Perry? Look, I said I wasn't hungry. All right. I know what you're not. I only wish I knew what you are. Oh, I... I've been having some problems with my customers. So why don't you quit? And do what? Anything. Well, what do we do for money? The mortgage, the kids' schooling. Well, the kids can go to public colleges. I can work and help out till you find something you really like. Oh. oh Perry, what is wrong? Uh... Honey, customers just aren't buying. Perry. What's her name? What's whose name? Why does a wife always have to think there's another woman? Where are you going? Out. I just remembered. I have to see a customer. On Saturday. Saturday, Sunday. That's what you have to do these days if you want to service your accounts. (laughs) 
Yes. May I show you something? Or would you care to bribe? Eleanor, listen. Sir, if you have no specific purchase in mind, it's very near closing time. We have to talk. About what? I love you. I, I can't help myself. I, I, I just can't go on without you. It looks very much as if you'll have to. What kind of a woman are you? I'm willing to give up my, my wife, my home, my kids. But not your job. Why? Why do we have to kill him? We have already gone into the reasons. I... Eleanor, I just can't do it. You'll be doing him a favor. Don't say that. It's true. He's very old. You saw him, didn't you? Yes. All the things that made life worthwhile. They don't exist for him anymore. It would be a mercy killing. Don't put it that way. Come home. Come home with me now. And see again why we have to do it. Please. Eleanor. Don't try to talk me into it. Just come home with me, Perry. This is a customer, Mr. Perry Foster. I believe we've met Mr. Rawlings. Oh, oh we have. I, I don't seem to remember. Mr. Foster is a collector of old silver, and I thought I'd show him that tea service of yours. Oh, tea, yes. I, will, I would like a cup of tea. Would, would you join me, Mr. Uh, Foster? I'll be right back, Sid. Why don't you and Mr. Foster have a nice chat? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Hey, wait. <laughs> I, I know you. George, what's the matter with me, George? <laughs> Sometimes I forget, George. It's not that I'm getting old, although that doesn't help. <laughs> I, I just uh, I forget. And, and uh, you are, George. George? Yes. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Yes. I hope you don't bear me any malice. Malice? She chose me, George. The better man won. And and now you're back. <laughs> Does this mean we can all all be friends again? I'd I'd like that, wouldn't wouldn't you? Yes, yes, certainly. Well where where did you go, George, when you when you left town. Oh, um, here and there. Yeah, uh, some folks said Europe. And then there was news you'd been to India. Oh, you sure moved around. I, uh, I guess I did. Well, we've been happy, Eleanor and I. Very, very happy. It could never have... Worked out with you, George. I am what she really needed. A fellow that's serious and down to earth. Believe me. We will be ready in just a few minutes. Are you all right, darling? I, I think it's time for my nap. Of course. Uh, been nice seeing you again, George. Drop around anytime. Oh, goodbye. Let me help you upstairs. Now, dear, I don't need any help. Of course you do. Excuse me for just a moment. He's nicely tucked in. Why did he call me George? George? I don't have the faintest idea. Well, where would he get that name? Oh, he lives in a world of his own. 
I wanted you to see what my life is like. You have to save me. Eleanor, I... I'm afraid. Oh, it's such a slender thread that holds him to this world. So easily broken. Oh, I want to be with you. Eleanor, I... I don't know. And we would be together all the time. Every day. You wouldn't have to waste the best part of your life on the road. Do you realize that? Yes, Unless... Unless that kind of life is what you really want. Oh, I hate it. Then why don't you do something about it? But murder... You You say you love me. I do. But not enough. Well, how long can he hold on? He's old, he's sick. That's what I said to myself when I married him. But he can go on for a long time. Oh, save me. If you love me, save me. How... How could we do it? We... Would just do it. But how? Tomorrow, I'll close the shop. I'll say I've gone to Boston. You come up here at night. Uh, take the back roads. No one will see you. I'll let you in. You'll be asleep and we'll just... Yes, we'll... We'll just... We'll just... Cover his face with the pillow. Oh, Eleanor. He'll never even know. Neither will anyone else. Oh, he's old. He's sick. He'll have died in his sleep. It'll all be over in a minute. Darling, one minute is all we need. And it becomes a bright, beautiful life for both of us. Take me in your arms. Hold me. Hold me tight. Hello there, Mr. Foster. Fill her up? Please. You headed back home? Yes, uh, yes, I guess. <laughs> you traveling fellas, you sure keep late hours, don't you? Yeah, I guess we do. How do you square it with your wives? Now, me, I'm 15 minutes late coming home to dinner, and I got to face that old Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> but I suppose some can handle it better than others. Yes. But I think I know your secret. What secret? Well, I guess you square yourself by bringing her a gift every time, huh? Uh, yes, yes, it, uh, it helps. <laughs> I figured it out. Now, that's pretty smart. Eleanor's been helping you. What do you mean? Well, she's got the selection. That's why you keep dropping in there, right? Oh, you must be spending a fortune. But I guess it's worth it. Kill him with kindness, right? Well, <laughs> what do you mean by kill? Well, figure of speech. Hey, you're kind of edgy this evening, Mr. Foster. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, been a long day. Well, now, if you want to keep your wife happy, you'd better start looking for a new place to buy her presents. A new place? Why? Eleanor's going to be leaving town. Is she? Now, this is just between you and me... But it's uh, how I figure it. You see, George Sturgis is back. George Sturgis? Oh, she's been in love with George ever since they was both in high school. George Sturgis? George. Yeah, they were going to get married as soon as George got out of college. And then he had to go into the army. 
Meanwhile, old Sid Rollins asked her, and she just said, uh, yes. George took it hard. He left for a while, but now he's back. Oh. Yep. And it seems they are back where they left off. Only more so, if you follow me. <laughs> you want me to check your oil? Mr. Foster? Uh, uh, no, no, no. It, it won't be necessary. I don't think Eleanor and George can wait around till old Sid checks out. I've seen them together in the coffee shop. As the saying goes, they got it bad. You know? Yes. Yes, I know. So, you're going to need a new gift shop if you want to stay in your wife's good graces. Just thought I'd pass the word along. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jenny? Oh, I didn't expect you. Why not? Well, I thought you'd be seeing a customer. Oh, I just thought I'd rather come home. Well, I can make dinner. Or we can go out. Hey, let's go out. We have to celebrate. Oh, celebrate what? Oh, can't we just celebrate? Does there have to be an occasion? Uh, oh, 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 hey, I brought you this. Oh, well, what is it? Go ahead, open it. Uh, oh! <laughs> you like it? Oh, I love it! <laughs> oh, the colors are simply horrible. <laughs> it has horizontal stripes that make me look fat. Oh, it's too big. It's badly made. <laughs> Probably outrageously overpriced, but I love it. Jenny, I... Because <laughs> you picked it out yourself. Oh, if you had let me have the sales slip, I could return it tomorrow. I, I'm sorry. No, I'm glad. Everything is going to be all right, Jenny. I know. I have a feeling. It's as if I've just come back from... from a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got into it. I... I don't know how I got out of it. But you're out of it, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I'm out of it. Oh. <gasps> Disregard it. It's probably a customer. Maybe we should have a new rule around here. No business calls during the evening. After this, I'll disregard it. But I have something very special to say to one particular customer... And I think I know who this is. Hello? Harry. Yes? I waited for you. I waited and I waited. I'm sure you did. You were supposed to be here. I know. You should have told me there would be a change in plan. I'm sorry. Harry, is something wrong? Oh, no. Definitely not. The thing we agreed on, it has to be done. Does it? You know it does. Well... In that case, let George do it. Which sums it up, states it neatly, and ties a ribbon around the package. Let George do it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if each of us had his or her own private George to help over the rough spots? That's what a George is basically intended to do because the name George comes from the Greek and what does it mean? Why, a slave, a servant, a serf. I shall return shortly. 
If you analyze our story, you will see that it all turned on two rather trivial-seeming events. The first, which triggered the action and set a married man off on what could have been a fruitless love affair and murder, was the failure of a cheap and tiny, almost insignificant engine part. The second, which alerted him to get out of there fast, was a casual conversation because he had stopped for gas. But that's life, isn't it? Our cast included Russell Horton, Evie Juster, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.